0: Is the pandemic causing our children to become digital addicts? Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. Nearly a year into the coronavirus pandemic, parents across the country and the world are watching their children slide down an increasingly slippery path into an all-consuming digital life. When the outbreak hit, many parents relaxed restrictions on screens as a stopgap way to keep frustrated, restless children entertained and engaged. But often, remaining limits had vaporized as computers, tablets, and phones became the centerpiece of school and social life, and weeks of stay-at-home rules bled into nearly a year. This comes from a recent front page article in the New York Times about the challenges of separating children from video games and social media. What concerns researchers, the article goes on to say, is that these devices are a poor substitute for activities known to be central to health, social and physical development, like physical play and other interactions that help children learn how to confront challenging social situations in the real world. With us today to discuss this timely topic is Kevin Green, a social worker at SBH who works with children and adolescents. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you for having me today. So let's start off. Are you concerned by this?
1: You know, it's inevitable that with the uh, most of the schools going to remote learning, uh, and with schools handing out laptops and tablets, uh, it's inevitable that there is going to be additional screen time. That's, that's a given. Um, you know what I've noticed in the almost a year now into the pandemic and working with kids uh, through the video sessions is they actually want to be in school. They actually want to connect with their peers in person. Uh, um, the normal play dates that kids would have uh, are not happening, so they're they're finding that they have no choice but to be on the screen time because that, and that's out of safety because kids aren't necessarily getting together in person at this point. But from what I've noticed is that. Um, kids actually do want to socialize and they do want to be a, in, in part of the school community and in the community themselves.
0: Yeah, but again, you know, f- this article mentioned that as much as 40 hours a week are spent on digital devices, which is like a full time job. Is that
1: too much? Well, again, you know, the, it's inevitable for having the additional screen time with school, um, and it's a person by person basis of how it's going to work outside of the school. So meaning parents should set some limits and parameters of the online, you know, digital life, you know, whether it's their social media apps or a video game, uh, just to find the right balance. And it's really about finding that right balance that would make it work. And it's, you know, every person in every situation is different, but um, I, I would notice that there are health, healthy alternatives besides just junking on the video games in the afternoons after school. So, But it does become an yeah. issue when kids are using the devices, let's say, in the middle of the night, unbeknownst to their family. Right.
0: So. Right, I was going to mention that, because we had spoken about this earlier, where you told me you had some kid who confessed that he was waking up or up in the middle of the night playing video games. I guess when it interrupts their sleep, when it affects their classroom performance, then it's an issue, right?
1: Absolutely, and that's where the you know the dialogue happens through the video sessions is, you know what what makes it work. Um, and I'll give you another example of a recent uh, teenager I've been working through the video sessions. He was failing all his classes in the first marking period. Um, he really set realistic goals for himself. He said, uh, "Mr. Grin, I really wanted to get uh, maybe 85s in the next marking period." So we worked on strategies in the video session to see know take a look at his room and seeing what would be conducive to the remote learning uh because he was very distracted uh in the first marking period, and so he reconfigured his room so he would have less noise and he would be facing uh, a wall, not necessarily the other people around the house and and It turns out that I just had a session with him the other night, and he's getting nineties in all of his classes, which is exceeding what his realistic goals and expectations were, so it can work it's just what what is going to be conducive to making the online experience, uh, you know, conducive and, and appropriate for them? But it can work.
0: Yeah. I mean, what, what would concern me is, again, this article talks about an actual addiction that they can see changes in the brain, not unlike people who are addicted to drugs. Um, and that's what they're finding, where kids compulsively feel they need to play video games or go on social media. Are you seeing that, are parents concerned about that?
1: Parents are concerned. Um, It it is a concern, especially if they're on for hours and hours on end, Um, and that's where you have to find the healthy balance. You, You know, it's appropriate as long as, and again, it's the parents showing empathy and compassion around this area, and really sitting down with the child or team that, you know, it's inevitable that they want to connect with their, their peers. And because of the physical distancing measures that are in place for the most part, um, the only way they can connect is through perhaps an online game or uh, through social media. However, uh, you know, and that's a dialogue that should happen. Uh, And anyway, even with, without a pandemic, it should always be uh, a dialogue uh, and there should be transparency of what they're playing what apps they're using um, just to make sure it's appropriate and safe. Uh, but again, uh, that's something that the parents and child or teen should have that discussion of, of what the expectations are. Because if they're using the devices during the day, and I've seen situations like that where they're on a YouTube video or on a video game, and they have their camera off during school hours, of course, it becomes an issue. But if you set realistic goals and rewards and expectations, uh, it can work because you're going to have to have some uh, digital life for them. But as long as it's within limitations, it does work.
0: I I guess the reality is during these times, during the pandemic, you just can't say, a parent can't say to the kids, go out and play. Or, you know, why don't you sign up to play uh, basketball this semester? Or take some extracurricular activities because they don't exist. So we're really limited. I mean, it's not like you've got a – you know, a range of
1: potential activities. I mean, they've been shut down. Yes, but then that's where you have to work on the strategies of, you know, there are activities that you can take a walk. You can take a nature walk. It's appropriate to go outside, get some fresh air when when the weather is great. But there's also things you can do indoors. Um, And as far as like keeping movement, exercise. um, And also, it's really up to the parents to model for their child or teen you know, of, of the digital life, because if a parent and, you know, a lot of parents are just so overwhelmed at home with just the space limitations and working from home as well and navigating their kids through different curricula on the um, laptops or Chromebooks, um, it, it becomes, uh, you know, a situation where the parents just want to be on social media all the time as well. So it's really up to the parent to put down the device as well and model that, you know, th- this is, a perfect time to connect as a family, eat together, play together, uh, interact. Um, so there are ways to, you know, go around the the, um, you know, when, whether to to basketball or any physical activities. But there are ways to move and exercise at home.
0: Kevin, do, do you think once the pandemic is end is ending, and hopefully it will end one of these days? Will people go back to more normal existences? Will they uh, realize they're spending too much time on social media and they'll get involved in other things like they did before? You
1: no, know, again, in, in what I've seen during the video sessions is they desperately want to get back to a basketball league or, you know, being able to be on a cheerleading team or interacting with their peers. So yes, I mean, they do have social media even before the pandemic. Uh, there should be limitations and transparency even with the devices anyway. Um, but from my experiences, kids actually do want to go back to a school building and socialize with peers and interact with peers. And, and and it won't be this withdrawal period that people perhaps are thinking about. But, um, from from my experiences, kids really desperately want to go back to that, some sense of normalcy, but again, this is our new normal. So there will be additional screen time at this point.
0: Do you feel? I mean, you're dealing with kids, you know, young kids and adolescents. Are you finding that, from a anxiety uh, perspective or depression perspective, this has been especially rough for
1: them? Yes, and and I think especially it hits harder for the teens because um, when you're not interacting, because kids, you know, teens especially want to socialize. They want to get out there, and and also creates their sense of identity. So when when they're not interaction with peers and having that face to face interaction uh, kind of strips them from a, from that identity as a teenager, so what i've noticed is it's really hit the teens especially hard
0: yeah i mean I, I read something it's going a little astray from what our topic is today, but I read an article about in Las Vegas they had something like twenty suicides of kids ranging from the age of nine to teenage and you know I guess kids are are feeling very dark. it's like there's no way out of this. it's been going on for almost a year now and they're really feeling the reality what what reality is today
1: exactly and it's really the fear of the unknown because you know you have a pandemic where you don't see the end in sight perhaps but again through the sessions it's really working on those coping skills to you know try to help them through those anxieties through those depressive symptoms and more times than not they're able to and that's another thing is sometimes the video games for them provides that kind of escapism and entertainment with their peers and and they really desperately want to have those social connections also facetime facetiming family members uh you know during the pandemic i mean we're not hanging out with people even with family members we're not having those uh, kind of family get-togethers like we normally would so again with the additional screen time that we're seeing uh to use the facetime just to keep that connectedness and even for the sessions in the video sessions is keeping that connectedness to have some continuity. So there is some sense of normalcy, even though it's a new normal, but, uh, more times than not, it makes them feel better, um, to have that connectedness and, um, you know, working on other things besides our video game, whether it's mindfulness activities, visualization. I work with a teenager and he finds meditation helpful. So it's those kind of things that we work on in the sessions to help them through the depression or anxiety.
0: So I guess it's fair to say as a parent, uh, you can set limits, you can create balance, and you should be aware of what your kids are involved in as far as social media and digital devices. Is that fair to say?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think any parent should sit down with their child or team and see what they're playing on. Uh, Kids let's say young kids like to play uh, let's say this roblox uh, computer game uh, where they're interacting with their peers we want to make sure that they're they're interacting with peers their age they're talking appropriately they're acting in uh you know appropriately on the game and just just take an interest in what they're playing on and what they're talking on social media is so important and also gives the parent a chance to even play together as well uh, but it's also finding those ways to interact outside of the digital life, whether it's playing with Legos, playing with Play-Doh, playing with a family pet, um, picking up a book, picking up a hobby, Um, arts and crafts. There's plenty of things. Playing a board game together. I mean, board games are so essential. Even in the video sessions, we've worked on playing Connect Four together or Trouble or Uno. There's ways around it you know, where it's not just digital life, even though we have our screen time. But because the video sessions are so great, is, uh, we can see each other playing uh, board games together or drawing together, so it does work.
0: Yeah, that that's one thing we talked about before. I mean, it really seems that of all the services that a hospital like St. Barnabas Hospital is offering to patients, the one that's really been the most effective has been the kind of services that you're offering.
1: Absolutely, uh, and again, it's keeping that connectedness and also modeling for them that, you know, even though it's inevitable that we have the digital life and. You know it's the increase in screen time uh it's really about making it work, um, setting limits and expectations, working with the parent of setting those limits and expectations um and and modeling for them of playing a board game or I have my cat jumping up on the table and they're showing me their pet and or their favorite washy of what they use to comfort them during you know the pandemic of when they're feeling depressed or anxious so it's it's really opened up. An entirely different, uh, you know, situation. You know, when you're doing the, the video sessions, more so than if I were just in my own office. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I guess again, you know, you know, years ago there was the old uh, public service announcement. It's ten o'clock. Do you know where your children are? And I think it, I, I guess it's fair today to ask parents, do you know what your children are doing on social media and what video games they're playing?
1: That's correct. You know, that's I right. Guess and that's also- what it's, it's changed to that. Absolutely, and also making sure they're not using it. I'm uh, gonna to their parent or guardian in the middle of the night, which has happened. Uh, that's why, again, with setting those expectations, if they have to limit the uh, screen time, keeping the phone out of the room or the video game system shut down, it's those kind of uh, tweaks that you need to make uh, to make sure that they do have enough focus and you know during the school hours, and and also those expectations. So um you know from one i noticed uh once you have that conversation and the parents have that conversation and they're open and uh, they keep it transparent it, it does work but uh, again it's really important to have that dialogue and seeing what they're actually doing and who they're interacting with
0: yeah it takes some work it's it not going to happen automatically yeah well kevin thank you very much for being with being with us today this is very good information Uh, And and to our listeners, uh, thank you for joining SBH Bronx Health Talk. For more information on services available at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org. Until next time,
1: thank you. Thank you. Take care.